Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to Beauty Talk. I'm your host, Janice Tunnell, for today, Sunday, November 19th. Thank you guys for tuning in. We have a great show planned for you tonight. Um, just want to remind everyone, if you have a comment or a question for us or for our guests, please give us a call at 914-803-4399. Again, that number is 914-803-4399. Now I'm going to bring uh, Ms. Denise on the line. Good evening, good evening. Um, thank you guys again for joining us tonight. Um, if you have a question or comment, Janice just gave you the uh, info for that, but you can also tweet me. Um, I guess that's what we're still calling it, tweeting, right? <laughs> but you can tweet me um, on X. Um, we are at beauty underscore talk, and I'll try to uh, get your questions on tonight, or if you have comments, um, I'll try to get those on as well. All right, we have to find out the name of that. Like, what are we really doing on X? Because it can't be <laughs> tweeting any longer. <laughs> so we have to really find out what that is. <clears throat> but nonetheless, we are excited to bring on tonight's guest. We haven't spoken to her in a while. So we, tonight is all about catching up with Miss Ashinta Sharif Kendricks. Welcome to the show. Hello. Can you guys hear me? Yep, yes, we can. We can. Hi, Janice and Denise. How are you guys doing? We're we good. Are wonderful. How, are how are you? I am good. I am blessed. No complaint. It has been a long time since we spoke. Oh I know. I, was, really I don't even want to guess at how long. <laughs> I, I, I would say at least 10 years. 
since we spoke on, on your show, at least, right? At least. Yep, at least. So, I mean, I have a, right, maybe, maybe, you mm-hmm. know, um, but, but definitely a long time coming. Yes, it's good Absolutely. to have you back. Absolutely. So, you I know mean, what, you know, what, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I said, now that I think about it, I think you were on our show twice. I have been on your show twice. I came on the first time, if memory serves me correct, and I spoke more about my male grooming days. That was, like, when I first mm-hmm, kind yes. of came in the industry. You guys had first, like, just started your show because you were artists yeah. like me, and, you know, yep. you were just so starting your show. And I, I, Yeah, so that's, that was the first time. That's, like, 20 years ago. Right. Yeah. Oh, my God. And that's, <laughs> that's the reason why I said more than 10 years, because then I thought about it. I was like, wait a minute. No, she was twice. So you might be right. The last time we spoke was about 10 years ago. Yes. Yes. It was definitely about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, oh my yes, goodness. yes. So it's, a, it's, been a, it's been a good, long minute. Absolutely. Well, you're so back. So listen, why don't you, why don't you um, start off by, one, because, for those who, who haven't heard any of the shows before, start off just by introducing yourself to our listening audience and then kind of take us through those years and, and bring us up. To, I know it's a lot of years, but just kind of take us through those years and bring us up to where you are now. Okay. Um, I began in makeup, um, like professionally working. Um, I started at Ricky's. Um, in New York City, 3rd Avenue, 18th Street. It was around 1996. Um, I came home from college after, um, you know, going through something really devastating um, that kind of like, you know, shook me and brought me home and like changed my kind of trajectory of what I was doing. And then um, Mm -hmm. came home and had to like regroup, started working at Ricky's, cashiering and then just you know took a major liking to the beauty department and um I got like a full-time job working at a company that was an industrial design firm in New York City and they were on Spring and Lafayette and I was part-timing at Ricky so I was kind of like you know working and just trying to figure it out because I still had those student loans (laughs) and um (laughs) and then um the Mac store opened on Spring Street, because at that time it was just mm-hmm. Mac only on Christopher Street and Mac on Spring Open, and it was, a, you know, two blocks from my office where I worked at during the day. So I found myself there all the time. I was buying stuff, helping customers. It was just getting to a place I was there so much that, you know, the manager thought that I worked there. And I tell this story all the time. It makes me laugh to this day. But, like, you know, I'm glad I was, you know, as obsessed as I was because it was the – thing that made me realize that I could get a job in beauty. And mm-hmm. um, she was like, do you work? She was like, do you work at Mac? And I said, no, I don't, I don't work at Mac. She's like, well, you should. She was like, you should apply, <laughs> you know, because you're always in here, basically. <laughs> and um, I did just that. I applied, cut two, got the job, and then, you know, was trained, worked at that store in Spring Street. And then um, they asked me to open up Herald Square's uh opening counter because this is now Mac is now, you know, scaling as a brand and moving into big box retail stores. And so I started, um, you know, that counter in 1999 
And then I also simultaneously actually became a mom in 99 to my daughter, Nami, who's now 24. And, um, yeah. And then, um, basically from there, you know, due to, you know, dealing with, um, domestic abuse, unfortunately with her father left, um, him went back home to my mom to, you know, regroup and get, you know, be safe of course, and, and get my life back on track yet again, because I had this thing that happened to me in college and then this happened. So it was like, you know, here I am with this other bump in the road. But my mom, you know, always had an open-door policy, and she was always amazing and really supportive. And she just took me and, you know, her grandchild in and, you know, really just kind of became like our cornerstone um, to helping me um, lift my career off. And then through working at MAC, um, a few unfortunate incidences, I'll kind of, you know, make it short, um, that resulted in me actually losing my job at Mac because of all the latenesses, because of the abuse I was dealing with at home. Um, my um, manager had to release me and let me go, but the same time he let me go, I ended up getting hired at Laura Mercier, like almost simultaneously. It was like God only mm-hmm. like just coming down to really just help me because I wasn't losing this job because I was a terrible worker. I was losing a job because I was literally dealing with a crisis at home that a lot of times, you know, really prohibited me from doing my job, like getting to work on time because I'm fighting at home, you know? Um, And so, um, and then my mom, of course, was like so amazing. Like I was living in Brooklyn and Park Slope at the time. And so my mom would literally, um, she had retired, she had an early retirement package that she took. And it's like only God, like, again, because had she not done that, I wouldn't have had this support system. And so she was home pretty much. So she was like, I'll help you with NAMI. And so, you know, her father, who didn't have a job at the time and just was really not his best self mentally, you know, um, would threaten to hurt her a lot of times and want to, you know, hurt me or whatever. So my mom would be like, no, bring her to me and you, you know, focus on what you have to do. So I would have to leave you know, two hours early, go from Brooklyn all the way to Harlem, drop my daughter, and then go from Harlem back to Macy's, you know, to work all day. So that's why it was an issue with time because, you know, there's even if you planned it perfectly every day, it's never going to work out. Right. Um, and so I, was late, so I was late a lot. And so I lost that job, ended up getting a job at, at, Henry, at Henry Bendel, working for Laura Mercier, like literally – the day I was fired because one of my colleagues at Mac, who I was very close with, Wilbur Ramos, who actually is like one of the head makeup artists at the Today Show as of right now, and, mm-hmm. and a friend for life, um, Wilbur saw me crying walking down the street and was like, no, 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 let's let's get you a job. And so he walked me right to Bendel's, walked me right in the door, walked me right into a job. And that's like really, Bendel's is where like to me, you know, everything became like the catalyst to changing my career in from retail to professional makeup artist because I started meeting record executives. Sometimes celebrities came through the door. We got pulled out um, to do Laura Mercier's fashion shows for Fashion Week and working with her directly and learning right from her. So she just, you know, Laura really just pulled her her team because Laura Mercier, which was the brand that I ended up going to work for, was also just starting to scale. 
Um, and so her brand was only in Henry Bindle and only in Bergdorf Goodman. And, and actually, while I was at Henry Bindle, um, Laura Mercier expanded into Saks Avenue. So I literally got to watch her brand, like, grow, you know, from inception. Mm-hmm. But, she, but she pulled a lot of her, her artists because you have to think, you know, she had, like, a handful of artists in both of these locations. So when she had Fashion Week, she pulled us right backstage with her. So I got to do more than I did at MAC because at MAC it was a lot, a lot of artists, even though it was just three stores at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, it was. They also had their pro store opening. So the pro team really kind of did all of the Fashion Week stuff. So if you worked in retail, you weren't really thought about in that way. Um, right. So I didn't really, I didn't really know that that world existed. And then here it comes, you know, I got fired. But then at Laura Mercier, I ended up finding out of a whole other world, and I actually got paid twice the amount of money. So um, I went from making thirteen and change at Macy's to, you know, like almost twenty eight dollars an hour at Laura Mercier. So it was like really a pivotal change for me. Mm-hmm. And um, from there. I met a woman named Stacy Gray, um, who's like a well-known hairstylist and makeup artist in the industry who's done so, so many countless commercials, music videos, shows, what have you. Um, but she, you know, has always been a connector um, as a person and, and selflessly always connecting people. And she met me at Henry Bendel and loved how I did makeup and was like, I'm going to call you. And, and one day she called me at like five something in the morning on a Sunday <laughs> and was like, you know, can you come last minute to do this music video? And she didn't tell me much more information. And, and like I told you, my mom was like, I'm here for you. So I, I got my baby out the bed, put her in the bed with my mom, grabbed my kit and ran. And the, re- and the rest really is history. That's where it really kickstarted is from that day because that day would be the day that I would go work on um, – you know, uh, 112's Dance With Me video, which then um, then catapulted me into the male grooming space. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so so I, went, I was going through all this turmoil, you know, all this personal life turmoil and abuse and, you know, just trying to – and I was young. You know, I was only like 24, yeah. 25 years old. I was pretty young. Um, and I, I, you know, didn't – I was really highly, of course, ashamed that I was going through abuse and it wasn't as openly talked about it as it as it is now so there was like not a lot of support system stuff for me um and I just you know just kind of like put my tail between my legs and just kept going and and didn't really deal with the therapy part and the, the pain part of what I had actually experienced in my life really not until I had my son you know which was much much later um but yeah, yeah, that's that's where I really feel like it all changed, where it all shifted. Wow, I mean, I knew I knew you know about the male grooming space, and I didn't I didn't know the things that you experienced as far as the abuse was concerned. I never knew that. Um, how do you how do you think um, you've grown um, because of that experience? Um, I've grown tremendously because of that experience. Um, you know, what I will say is, you know, like I no longer really call myself a victim now. I'm 49 years old. I've done tons of therapy and work for the abuse that I've I've experienced in my life. 
because my abuse didn't just start there. It started from childhood, and I believe that children who go through abuse a lot of times become adults who go through abuse. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just unfortunately a pattern that just, you know, it's, it, you are comfortable with it, even though it's not comfortable, but you're comfortable with it. So you mm-hmm. kind of walk into these spaces and places that feel familiar for you, even though they're toxic. So I didn't really understand all of all of that as a young woman because, you know, like I said, we weren't faced like we are now um, where people just openly talk about stuff. You know, I'm a black woman. You ladies are black. You already know what it, what do our parents teach us. You keep everything in the home. You don't, you know, mm-hmm. you don't keep, you don't take your business to the street. <laughs> you know, um, right. what happens right. in this house stays in this house. So a lot of what I was facing growing up was very much so kept inside. And even if I did feel strong enough to go speak about it, um, to my mom, you know, she was just kind of like, I think more so in denial that it was happening. I wouldn't say that she didn't believe it happened, but she was more so in denial mm-hmm. of it. And so when a parent is in denial, you don't feel really supported, you know. So we've had mm-hmm. our healing journey, too, as mother and daughter, um, you know, um, overcoming those, those those types of challenges because I had to also, to remember that my mom you know, was a young woman as well when these things were happening to me. She was in her, you know, 20s. And, and you just think of yourself in your 20s, you know, as, you look, as you're right. older, you look back. And so it allows you and it lends the space within you to have forgiveness and empathy for other people. So I don't call myself a victim. I call myself a survivor. And I, um, you know, I've accomplished a lot in my career in life, even with these types of traumas, you know, and I tell people the trauma is, it doesn't have to be the thing that stops you, you know, like, for me, I think my trauma has been the thing that pushed me. Mm-hmm. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. Sure. I, I mean, yeah. I share it because I think, I think people think people wake up and just are creative, but I believe creativity mm-hmm. a lot of times can be born out of the need. You know, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. for me, for me, God gave me natural creative talent, but the the talent was magnified times 10 because it's like I had to do it. So even as a child, you know, I drew, you know, past my bedtime by flashlight in the dark at night. I would get in trouble all the time for that. Or I would get caught drawing on walls or, you know, I'm ripping up paper and making murals. You know, I was always acting out creatively. It wasn't like I was bad, but I was always acting out. And because I was creatively acting out, um, my mom was like, this child's really creative, so let me, you know, she saw the signs and said, let me keep pushing that. And thank God mm-hmm. she did, you know. But my creative outlet was more so a cry for help because I was damaging things. <laughs> You know, I was cutting up curtains and ripping up dresses. And those are, you know, those are things you knew you could get in trouble for. Right. But I didn't, I was crying for help because of the the abuse and the things that I was dealing with silently. So creativity was actually the the life force that helped a little Ashunta um, really get through everything that she was dealing with. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. So, well, I'm, I'm glad you shared it because sometimes I think people can look at 
other people on social media and just think they have everything, to, you know, all together and, like, you know, they don't go through things. It's, it's, I think it's mm-hmm. good to hear that um, people, you know, they've actually gone through stuff because there are people going through stuff right now, but yet they may want to be creative. They may want a creative career, but maybe, you know, just don't have the confidence to even um, – you know, start one or to even go about trying to start one. So I think it's just, I don't know, it's just good to share that. I think absolutely it is. I think, you know, for us, I mean, I believe that, you know, beauty is a life force that saves a lot of women's lives more than we know. Mm -hmm. And to underplay it or undermine it, you know, and its importance and relevance of in terms of, you know, sometimes it's like, that woman is having a tough time waking up in the morning, right? Because life is life in, but she puts on that lipstick mm-hmm. and it just brings her life instantly because of the color, because of the vibrancy, and it just lifts her mood and her her spirit. And I believe that's what beauty does for people. Um, what what is so interesting is and provocative is that, you know, even in the midst of crisis in the world, whether you know we're dealing with war or whether we're dealing with famine or whatever struggles the world is dealing with, beauty is an industry that's always thriving. This has happened through many world wars, through many world crises, um, even through a pandemic, beauty rose. <laughs> so mm-hmm. yep, clearly, tra- clearly, clearly trauma and beauty go hand in hand because it's an outlet for people to escape to and or just immediate feeling of feeling better. You know, like instantaneously, instantaneously, I spray a certain fragrance, right, and it lifts my mood because of the notes in those fragrances. Or I, you know, put a certain color on, you know, this extends into fashion, but, you know, I'm feeling down, so I put on yellow that day, or I put on orange or red or something vibrant. But I believe color theory and all of those types of things have a lot of validity, and people are a lot of times suffering, but... You know, it's beauty that kind of helps them to find the escape. Yes. So you started in the male grooming space um, in the music industry. Um, Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about how you grew from there in music and then how you transitioned into the film and TV space. So um, film and TV kind of happened for me simultaneously while I was working with celebrity clients because a lot of my celebrity clients, um, you know, if they're music artists, they always want to, you know, dip their foot into or their toe into the the entertainment industry and be an actor, right? So that's Mm -hmm. always, like, kind of happening. So when your client is, like, going to do a movie, they're going to bring their personal. So that was how I kind of got into TV and film is mainly as a personal for a lot of my clients, both men and and male and female. Um, So I got into the union actually in 2004 because of one of my clients, but I didn't actively work in the union. Um, What I did was I always came in as a personal. I didn't start taking like real union work until like 2012 where I worked on Law and Order. Um, and that's where that kind of transitioned. And that still came as a personal. I, I went on to do, um, I went to do uh, Law and Order with Sharon Stone. She brought me as a mm-hmm. personal for herself. But once she brought me into that space and I was not no longer working every day in, that, in and out with music artists, because at that time is when I kind of slowed down with Alicia around 2012, 2000, um, beginning of 13. Um, that's when that kind of slowed. I had already by then started to slow down with Rihanna because 
when I was with Alicia, I was with her so much that sometimes I couldn't be with Rihanna. So you know how that is. If you can't be with people, they're going to find people, right? So I ended up um, slowing down with Alicia because Alicia stopped wearing makeup and wanted to do other things. Mm -hmm. And so then that kind of opened another door up for me because now I, you know, was like, I should exercise my union, you know, um, right. So I've been in the union since four and I'm not really getting jobs in that in that way. So when the opportunity came to go and do Law and Order with Sharon Stone, I jumped at it and then that started opening um more doors to me in that space. Um in terms of transitioning from male grooming to females, when I was male grooming, which started all the way in two thousand with Usher and Diddy and Jay Z and people like that. Um, I was always doing the female leads in their videos. I was always doing the female, the eye candy, which they call the video vixens or what have you. Uh-huh. So I was always doing female um, around them. But then also, too, some of them had, you know, female girlfriends that I worked with to, um, you know, beautify them and make sure they looked good, whether it was for a birthday party or whether it was for, you know, like a TV appearance or a red carpet or a music video or what have you. So I was always kind of dibbling with the female clients of my male clients. And that's mm-hmm. kind of like what started to put me into the space with females. It's really my male clients. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so you did a lot of personal work, whether it was, whether it was in music or film and TV. Um, now you're, no, you're not really doing personal work. Um, do you think – the personal work just suited you better at that time or or you just prefer to not do the personal work any longer no it's um i mean now i now i mean everything elevates and moves i think i think you know if you're a breathing human being you should constantly be evolving and i've evolved past being a personal however mm-hmm. i i've learned enough to department head you know, I have all mm-hmm. the knowledge to department head, you know, and carry whole departments now and hire people. And to me, I feel like that's where I should be because I have all this knowledge after over 25 plus years being in the industry. So, mm-hmm. you know, I would rather take that knowledge and pour it into other artists and help elevate them and help groom them and grow them and also design looks and manage departments. And that's just part of the skill set I feel like that I've grown, you know, and developed. Um, I still will personal. I just personal recently um, for mm-hmm. Ava DuVernay's movie, Origin. She called me and said, hey, Shinta, I don't want you to department head this, but I want you to personal this. And so, you know, if I get called for something like that, I'm going to definitely personal, <laughs> you know, but. Right, right. But um, so it's not that I, I don't want a personal anymore. It just has to be the right fit for me, you know, because I, I actually have much more joy now with where I am in my life and in my career within myself, mentoring people and hiring people and providing jobs for people and opportunity for people. And I believe that's where, you know, what we grow, what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to grow past just looking out for self. You know, we should be growing to a place right. where we're actually paying it forward and like, you know, helping other people. So, you know, now I've like pulled to over two dozen people into the union over the last 10 years and, you know, like I'm providing jobs for them. I'm developing other people to become their own department heads, or now some of them are department heading. Um, and that, and that's what, you know, that's what we're doing it for. It's like, you know, to see each other grow, not for me to just kind of monopolize and stay in that one position, you know, 
taking up all the clients, you know, like it should be in a mm-hmm. place now where like I'm pouring the work on other people and sharing it and pouring it forward. Right. I, now I asked that question because I know a couple artists who, um, you know, who department, you know, who de- department headed a lot and now they're at the point where they just want to be a personal. And so I feel <laughs> I mean, like. I've seen, I've seen it happen both ways. Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I know some people are like, you know, or 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 maybe they haven't even reached the department head um, position yet, and, you know, they've been keying department heads sometimes, but they're just kind of moving into personal work because it's just, you know, for some they're like, you know, it's just me, I don't have any kids, I can, you know, follow somebody around all the time, and they're good with that, you know. But for mm-hmm, other people, mm-hmm. for other people, you know, certain things better suit them um, you know, for where they are in their life. Um, so exactly, yeah. So that's I what exactly. I was asking. That I, I I I exactly agree with everything you're saying. Is this you know sometimes you just have to look at your circumstance and what works best for you. And mm-hmm. for me, you know, some sometimes people don't want to delegate and manage people, and that's fair too. You know, like I know a lot of department heads, like you said, they go the opposite way. They've been department heading for ten years, and now they're like, oh, I'll be a personal because they don't want to have their responsibility of managing people, managing departments, mm-hmm. paperwork, talking to directors, producers, their phone 24-7 going off. You know, I understand that. <laughs> um, you know, but my life was being, you know, people's go-to person only exclusively for for 10 years plus. So, right. no, I don't want to do that anymore, you know. I don't want to be beholden to one person anymore. I want to um, – spread my wings. I love working in um, department heading positions because I get to work with a plethora of people. Like, you know, like I think of like 10 years, I only work with one artist or two, maybe, you know, maybe I got to work on three artists, maybe, you know, and when, and in three months I'm working on 12 different celebrity talents, you know, in that trailer. So it's just so much of a, it's like much a bigger rush for me, I think, like now than than me just being on one person. Yeah, right. absolutely, absolutely. I love it. What inspires you? What inspires me? I mean, what inspires me now, I think, is different than what inspired me when I was younger and an up and coming makeup artist. I think the younger Shunta, you know, I think that I think honestly in my careers and. I don't know, an act. I think of like what Jane Fonda did with the act. And I would say like act one, you know, where it was, you know, that first retail leading up into the celebrity world, that act, you know, I think I was just proving myself, you know, like that I, I was, I belonged here because we all know like that world is very fast. You know, you, one day you're in the retail, the next day you're, you know, on private jets and you're with Usher, <laughs> you know, it's a di- very different world. <laughs> And, you know, part of that world is a very fast world, very fast-paced, and you, um, you know, don't feel like you belong at first. You really, you know, you're learning about things, like, literally in real time. And I, I'll, I'll bring it down to, like, the simple, like, now everybody knows this stuff, but, you know, I was in my, my early 20s when I started with Puff, and, you know, when his assistant gave me this list of products for him to have in my kit, you know, because... They wanted me to be his groomer, 
you know, and I had never done anyone who was as famous as him. I mean, like, he was super famous. I'm like, okay. And I went shopping, and I started shopping for this man's stuff, and it was like Dipsy Candles, you know, and the candle was like $70, $80 at that time. Or he wanted Creed, you know, Millicent Imperial Fragrance, and a small bottle was 195 you know, the smallest one. You know, that's only one ounce. <laughs> you know, and right, you're right. like, he wants a full, he wants the 2.95 ounce, this, this stuff that's almost $400, you know. He wanted an eye cream that was $100, you know. So everything I was being introduced to at that time in my 20s, I'd never heard of before. And so he, like, right. immersed me into a world of luxury shopping. Like, I was, I worked at Henry Bendel's, but I didn't shop there. Like, and, you know, real talk, like, I, I, I was probably still shopping at Mac or, you know, getting my, my gratis from Laura Mercier or, like, getting whatever gratis, you know, was being passed out around Bendel's. You know, but I still went to drugstores, you know. I was still a mm-hmm. young mother, still struggling. So, I, like, being introduced to, like, products like Nickel and La Mer, I didn't know what this stuff was. This stuff was new to me. Um, so that's act one. And then act two is now I'm a full-blown seasoned professional. Act two, I'm, I've already done some world tours. I've already done some album packagings with Alicia Keys. I've done some Grammys. I did the Oscars, you know. So now I feel like act two of my career was more so like, you know, you got to stay like on top. You know, there's this whole mentality like, and what I mean by stay on top, not, not oppress anybody else, but be at my A game at all times, you know, mm-hmm. because the world is watching me, you know, because I'm doing, like, a, so, such prominent people, you know, like, I'm at the Venice Festival, I'm at the Cannes Festival, I'm in Steven Spielberg's jet, you know, there's all this stuff that's before social media that I can never show, right, because we couldn't photograph any of this stuff. Right. You know, we were we were literally living in the moment, and mm-hmm. I remember, like, you know, Alicia did this big event, um, you know, and Steven Spielberg was the was the executive producer of it, and it was all like forgiving and for charity. He was like, you know, put your people on the jet and go to Italy, and we flew the jet, and like, you know, we get in the bathroom, and everything is Steven Spielberg's signature. <laughs> You're like, whoa, we're on Steven Spielberg's jet, you know. Or I remember Armani did this beautiful big code red event in collaboration with Keep a Child Alive in London and you know like Beyonce performed and 50 Cent and Alicia and like we're like arms length from them and everybody's partying together and it's like you know we we were put up at the best hotels in London and you know there's they're literally like charge whatever you want to your room like literally like our spa treatments and it was ridiculous like you know it was just a lot of (laughs) you know so Staying at the top felt really necessary because it's like I need to maintain what I'm experiencing also. Right. You know, I need to maintain my life. I need to maintain this income. I need to ex- maintain this experience. I need to make sure my client is hot, you know, that she looks great. And I think that mm-hmm. at level two or or act two of my career, there was a lot of ego involved, you know, and not egoistic in the sense that I was an egomaniac because I wasn't, but ego in the sense that I was I was just really hard on myself about being, you know, this, this best, like performing, doing, um, you know, exceptional work at all costs, you know, and it was like so serious for me. Um, and I think now act three where I'm at, um, I'm in a whole different space because, I'm an entrepreneur. My shifting and focus is more so on my brand. 
I am department heading and working in TV and film, and I'm definitely, you know, giving my all to that too. But it's not as – I don't take myself so seriously now. You know, I think I just took myself so seriously as an artist. Um, I, I think that sometimes I missed out on things. Like I remember my friends experiencing life a little bit more than me, and I was, you know, always like – it was just like everything, eat, sleep, breathe, work. You know what I mean? Mhm. And I think I think now people are shocked because I'm I live more. Um and and I've always I've always been the kind of person that's shifted from work to family. So family's always been highly important in my life because I was a mother. But in terms of like social life, I didn't really have much of that in that act 2 of my life. You know, everything was work. But act 3 is a very social life. <laughs> You know, I'm very social. I see my friends. I'm like, I make, I'm making brunch dates. I'm seeing my friends. I'm making sure I'm talking to people because, you know, for a good 10, 15 years of my life, you know, people couldn't get me on the phone. People couldn't talk to me longer than 10 minutes. I wouldn't have time. You know, it was, Mm -hmm. it was a lot of sacrifice in that second phase of my, or second act of my career, whereas now I am pausing on purpose and, like, no, I'm not doing that. No, I'm not going to work with that person. No, I'm making some choices because I I really want to go to my son's game. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's a different right. – I'm in a whole different phase in my life. Do I work just as hard? Yes, but I work really hard right here from my house a lot of times on my brand um, mm-hmm. and, and, and scaling it and growing it and then – you know, when they call me and I see fit, you know, like the best man, I went and did that because I was like, yes, I want to do the best man. It's epic. I love the best man series. I love the all the actors. Man. And it's so like, y'all want me to department head? I'm coming to department headed. You know, survival mm-hmm. of the thickest. Y'all want me to department head this amazing female-led comedy? Yes, I'm going to do that. And Good Burger too. You know, same thing. It's an epic franchise with Keenan and Kel, so I'm going to go do that. So I just handpick things a lot differently um, because mm-hmm. I want to be happy, and life is short. And, you know, Empire is amazing and epic as it was. It, we, it worked us to the bone, and it was really hard. Mm-hmm. And I made a promise to myself that after that experience, I would never work like that again. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. That's how television can be a beast. Huh? I was saying episodic television can be a beast. Yeah, I mean, you know, listen, I did the last, I did the last OG and Survival of the Thickest, and they both both were episodic. So was so was the Best Man, but Empire was a whole different animal for me, you know. And I would Mm -hmm. and I would and I would say I would have to say so was Law and Order, you know, Law and Order too. So you know, anything like on that level of intensity, um, I just Mm -hmm. don't want that. It's not for yeah. me. It's not for me. <laughs> Survival of the Thickest. Oh my God. I love Have you guys that had show. a chance to so, see it? Oh, oh girl, God, yes. yes. Some sometimes I've seen some of the episodes twice. I love that show. It is so funny and it's so good. <laughs> and everything Survival Survival is so much fun to work on. I mean Michelle mm-hmm. and Tasha and Tone. And and Lisa and just all of the comedians and you know Garcelle like just everybody mm-hmm. came with their A game and it was just it was just really a fun show to really work on and we really got to explore and play we had people from all walks of life we had everybody from the LGBT plus um, you know community like it was just really an epic experience you know 
as a makeup artist, if if I was the department headed, I mean, it was like it was like being in in a, a fantasy land. It was perfect, you know, because we got to mm-hmm. really play and really um, do things we wouldn't normally do, you know, if it was a regular normal show. Right, right. So you're Emmy nominated, correct? Mm-hmm. From Empire, just so, from one season. From Empire, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. Talk about the um, the looks that you've created on Empire because that, um, well, no, I, can't, I guess I can't say that. Um, it it was a current day show, but there were you know there were some um, were you flashbacks. On, were yeah. You on the show from, yeah. Were you on the show from the very beginning? No, I came season two, so I didn't do season one. <laughs> but we did flashbacks okay. throughout the entire um, yeah, six, yeah, six seasons. Yeah, so. Yeah, we always had flashbacks. Mostly the flashbacks were to, like, the early 90s or sometimes the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there were some flashbacks to when Lucius was a child. That was in the 60s, you know. So, mm-hmm. you know, there were definitely flash flashbacks involved, but most of it was current day. Yeah. Uh-uh. And so, and so for for me, when I came to Empire, what I could speak to is my, my season when I came um, to, to come on board to um, do Cookie, you know, my my vision for Cookie was, you know, what I said to Taraji literally was, you know, Cookie is out of jail and she has the money. Like, she's going to look the part of a music executive. She's going to look the part of that, that bad bitch, that important, you know, girl. Like, she's going to have that mm-hmm. look. And she agreed with me completely. And so what did that mean? You know, she to me it would mean, like, she is no different than an influencer, you know, right now. An influencer is got their ear to the street. They're wearing all the, you know, latest fashion. They're using all the latest skincare and makeup tools. Um, you know, they're invited to all the chicest, hottest parties. And so that's who Cookie was, you know, in that moment because she came out of jail and her coming out of jail was, was news. It was salacious because, you know, Lu- Lucius had this partner who helped him build his empire, right? And meanwhile, mm-hmm. he had her hidden from the world. Now the world knows who she is. So she was going to be big. So we dealt with a lot of bright, bold lip colors, her nails. I was responsible for all her nail art. So I went through Nails by Christy. Big shout out to her. She was actually like one of the first people I saw on social media that made press-on nails, like custom press-on nails. And this was in like 2015. Um Nobody was, you know, there was there was the the ones that we had in store, but they weren't what we see now. You know what I mean? Where it's like mm-hmm. designs and you know the lengths of the the nail lengths are available, the colors, the patterns, all right. that. We we had just plain like French, <laughs> you know, and You're like right. of course, <laughs> and of course you have regular nails like you could get go at home and do your own nail situation, you know. But she made it flawless for me and so that to me really like kind of like sealed the look because cookies nails were just as important and I'm I'm honestly sad that you know there weren't like big nail blogs at that time like there are now or like big IG nail pages like there are now because Mm -hmm. Christy made some phenomenal nails for us I mean like I still have them all in my collection um in my kit um I have like every nail art that she didn't wear and it was so much and it was amazing so we would match like the eyeshadows to that you know like it was such a collaboration like Paolo who um 
was our costumer for Empire. He also was um, Emmy nominated, I believe, three times. And he may have may even won an Emmy. I'm not sure. I think he may have. Um, but he, you know, would, would send me the look and then and send Missy, Missy Forney the look, who was Department Head of Hair, who was responsible mm-hmm. for Cookie. And so me and Missy would look at that, and we were like, this is what we're going to do. And it was just such a great collaboration coming up with all those looks because everything was really very strategic and literally mapped out. Nothing was like by accident for Cookie. Yeah. And um, Nails by Christy, she's in Chicago? No, no, no. Nail by Christy, you know what's crazy? I do not know where she's from because I've ordered off online, um, but I believe she's in either Ohio or either Arizona. She's somewhere there, but mm. she, but her, her Instagram page is at Nail by Christy. Um, and she's amazing. She still makes nails to this day. She's phenomenal. Nice. Nice. Nice, nice. I love that. Um, what would be your, like, in film and TV, what would be your dream job? My dream job? Wow. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of li- I'm, li- I'm living my dream job now being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I can't lie. I going to say that. <laughs> Yeah, this is this is the dream job now. Like building a brand, this is something that I've always wanted to do. It's not the first time I've done it. It's the third time I've done it. Um, the first time, you know, I had success but failure. The second time, it wasn't really mapped out well. And this time, it's like really, it's starting to lift off and take flight. And I'm excited. So I've, I've and I've always been an entrepreneur since I was a child. My mom was like, "You've been doing." like constantly having businesses since you were a little kid, and I just never thought about it. But, you know, my first business was the first official business, I would say, came, you know, at the Black Expo. I would always do Black Expo with my mom's friend. I would help her out, and I would sell hats, um, you know, and mm-hmm. I would make, like, hats, like custom snapbacks, you know, put glitter and stones on them and hot glue gun. I, I was, like, a really beast with a hot glue gun, and I was, like, 14 years old. And I would sell out of all my hats. And she, my mom's friend had like a legitimate business, but she would give me a, por- a part of her booth just to teach me. And I thank God for, you know, Miss Carrie that she did that because she sh- showed me at 14, you know, that I could be an entrepreneur and that I could sell and actually make things. And so that started from that age. And I would do that with her for a few years. I did the Congressional mm-hmm. Black Caucuses. Um, conventions as well with her. And that just kind of led into other types of, various entrepreneurial things that have happened for me over the years, you know, that had nothing to do with makeup, but, you know, from real estate to, you know, uh, antiquing, like I just really have a thing for entrepreneurship. So like simultaneously I have a brand, but I have a Poshmark shop that's popping, <laughs> you know, so it's like, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just really love entrepreneurship. I, I, I love, like, being um, the master of my own schedule. I do feel like when you're mm-hmm. a personal makeup artist to people or a personal to people in general, you're more beholden to their life and their goals and their dreams, and you're kind of like a support system to lifting other people's dreams. And, you're, of course, you're, you're living your dreams, which is doing your art and your makeup, but you're not, you're not necessarily doing the art and makeup that you always want to do, you know, like, Sometimes if you're doing male grooming, that's not the makeup you desire to do. You know what I mean? You're making money in the industry and you're working, but you're not necessarily painting faces the way you would want to do it. So, you know, makeup has always been, 
kind of like that ebb and flow. Like you're like, okay, thank God I'm working. I'm doing my job. I'm making the money, but I'm not always doing the art the way I visualize I would do it. So that's what's cool about being an entrepreneur is I get to do that. You know, I get to set up my photo shoots for my brand. I get to do the art that I want to do. I get to, you know, literally be a part of every step of the process. Um, I've learned really, you know, a lot of great tools on how to produce shoots, how to cut corners and save money, how to photograph, you know, myself if need be, or how to find talent. You know, like I just really have learned a lot, like from just being in the business so long. So I'm taking all those things and just really pouring them on my brand and I see, see how much it's, you know, um, how much it's growing and, and it's working. And so that makes me more excited to, to be in this thing, this entrepreneur thing. I also like helping other entrepreneurs. I have a lot of days where I'm just on the phone talking to other entrepreneurs, you know, helping them out, helping them see vision, helping them have find their marketing strategies, helping them to find grant money. So I do a lot of that too. Um, I've had people tell me you should start a business, you know, like helping other entrepreneurs. That's something me and my business partner, Shani, um, who is, you know, one of my business partners for Shrink to Shrink Beauty, we would love to do once our business scales to that level is, like, help other um, black beauty founders, you know, help them to grow and scale their brands because I'm doing it now, and so now I understand the steps and how to do it. Absolutely. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, your brand. Um, tell us a little bit about your products. Oh, my gosh. So Shrink to Shrink Beauty was born – um, you know, this time um, out of me feeling stressed from the pandemic, not working. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. In 2020, when Empire ended, it also ended during the pandemic. And so it was like kind of like very bittersweet because we were all used to being together day in and day out for six years straight for me, seven for others. Um, and so that was like kind of almost traumatizing and shocking for people who just, you know, are together all the time, and then now all of a sudden it's like we don't see each other. I thought it was weird. Um, And it also, like, kind of stressed me out because I went from making all this money to nothing. And, you know, I've stopped, you know, we all have our our pension plans and what have you, our 401Ks and everything from the union. You know, I'm blessed to have a partner. My husband is an actor. He was, you know, was actually still working up until they really shut them down. And so he was able to kind of, like, hold us down. But because he's actually, like, a producer and has done, like, I guess more, like, legitimate business than I had done at that time outside of being a makeup artist, he was able to get PPP and SBA um, because he, you know, was, like, a real producer and did, like, real business stuff. You know, like me, I was just a makeup artist. So, you know, I didn't have employees and all that other stuff. So right. in him getting in him getting funding, you know, he saw that I was just really struggling with being home. I'm a workaholic, and and I know that I am. I love working. It's just I've always I've and even if you go back to childhood Ashunta, I was the kid that always did the extra credit work. Like I just like to work. That's just how I've always. That's how I'm wired. You know, um, mm-hmm. and so me being home with this much stillness was driving me crazy, and you know my husband was like, okay, let's not go crazy. Like, what can we do to help this? And so he seeded me the money to kind of, like, give me a hobby. And that hobby turned into a Shinta Beauty. So I started with magnetic lashes. I found 
a type of magnet. I tried like a couple of different types um, from manufacturers, and I was like, ooh, I don't like these, I don't like these, because I found a brand, you know, like somebody had gifted me a brand, you know how they do PR boxes, and I was like, these are cool, but they kept coming off. And I was like, you know, this is a great concept if they stayed on. (laughs) Because, you know, I have have allergenic eyes. So because I deal with allergies so much, my eyes are watery. And then my client, Taraji, dealt with a lot of allergies. So her eyes were watery a lot. So sometimes, you know, lash glue didn't work. Like, it didn't even matter if it was waterproof. Like, if you can't get the lash to stick, you know, until the eye calms down, you know, it's a problem. So magnetic makes sense because it has nothing to do like it's not going to be kind of interfered with based on your tears like that solution mm-hmm. like once it dries the magnet boom it goes on it's like it's not going to be prohibited because of your tears so I saw that it worked amazing for me I just wanted to find something stronger and then I ended up finding a manufacturer who made like phenomenal magnetic liner they also, uh, you know, I wanted it to, them to be vegan. So these were plant uh, biodegradable fibers, which was phenomenal. My lashes were super, super lightweight. I could customize the box the way I wanted. I put the directions on the back. It had everything it needed inside, and so it was perfect. And so I ordered a 1,000 pairs, and I started posting them around my grandmother's birthday. I said to my husband, I'm going to launch these in a, in a kind of a tribute to my, my late grandmother. My grandmother died in March 2020. Um, during the pandemic. And so 2021, when I did the the magnetic lash line, I was kind of like doing it like as a tribute to her because she was always teaching us to be entrepreneurial and to think on our feet. And, you know, mm-hmm. she pushed all of her, she pushed all of her daughters and her sons, you know, to really, uh, you know, really push towards their education. But if they couldn't do their education, she really pushed on us like being entrepreneurs because she had done that herself. And so that was, mm-hmm. like, something that was really important to me. It's like, let me kind of give this this moment to my grandmother. And so I did the post on social talking about my grandmother and how she inspired me. Um, and this was, like, kind of a tribute to her. And so they, like, were selling really fast um, from what I posted on Instagram. And then Taraji and I were talking one day on the phone, and she was like, girl, send me some of those lashes you've been posting. Those look amazing. And so I sent her about six boxes and – you know, like a couple of weeks later, I'm walking my dog and my phone dies. And it's because by the time I get back home and I'm able to plug my phone up, she had posted on Instagram and it went viral. <laughs> and so I was like blown away. I like was blown away. I did not, did not expect it. I called him. I was like, girl, you could have given me a heads up, Lord. You know, I wasn't ready for this. <laughs> and I really wasn't ready because I only had, like I told you, I only ordered a 1,000 boxes, and I was down to, like, 500. I'd already sold mm-hmm. half of them. I was To me, I was already doing great, you know, right. um, because it was right. just like a little side hustle. And now I have thousands of orders, and I only have 500 mm-hmm. pairs. And it was literally, it hit on, around the end of January, and it was running right into the Chinese New Year, and my manufacturer was like, we cannot supply these to you until we come back from our Chinese New Year. And I was just like, are you kidding me? And so, you know, it was just like the worst six to eight weeks I, like any business could ever imagine. You know, mm-hmm. I would say thank, I want to say thank you to any customer who is listening to this, um, who hung in there with me in the beginning, because you know, a lot of customers were so amazing. I would say at least 75% of my customers, I wrote them, the, you know, what the struggle was, 
that the, you know, manufacturer was closed and that their lashes were coming and that we were going to send them a small gift of appreciation. But there were some angry ass people out there and they were like, <laughs> and you know, you, 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 you want to say to yourself, like, this is a pair of lashes, but the, there were people like death threats, threatening me, like calling me a fraud, you know, you're fake, you're, you're a scammer, because there's so much scamming going on out here. And I wasn't trying to scam anybody of nothing. Anyone who knows me knows that I am the furthest person from a scam artist. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I had, to, I had to get my daughter. My daughter, Nami, was like, no, Mom. You know, it was bad. Like, when I, when I tell you, like, I take that kind of stuff very seriously because, you know, I come from working with, I'm telling you, like, Laura Mercier herself and working with Mac at the very beginning, and I worked on Pat McGrath's team. Like, I work with all these world-renowned people. Like, I have a big reputation myself, so I'm not going to go out there and F it up, you know? So, like, I take it so seriously. And so I was, like, crying and not sleeping and, like, being super stressed. And my daughter was like, nah, Mom, let me help you. And so she got involved with um, responding. She started being my customer support person, and she was just telling people, listen, you're going to get your lashes. Relax. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, and she said it very professionally. But when, when the orders did come, you know, from my manufacturer, I sent every single person their lash, every single person, and that some of those people who got refunded, I still sent them even the meanest comments to me, hey, you didn't like what we did, but here's your lash anyway. And that's what really kind of like spring-headed and pushed Ashinta Shree's beauty to another level because we've got real brand support, you know, at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then from that, from that lash box, which was one box called Day and Night, it was pink and black, um, I, we then relaunched um, several other styles of magnetic lashes. Foxy Brown, she is so classy. Um, our drama mags and color mags, and you know they've all gone, all gone, all gone on to do really well. And now we have over 40 products in our in our line, including foundation, which we just launched this past Wednesday. We have powder. We have a universal blur effect powder, um, blur effect foundation, which is your concealer in the lid and your foundation in the bottle. Um, the foundation also has a built-in primer and blurring technology. So, you know, I'm just using all of Everything I use for everyone else. I mean, I didn't say to you guys this, but in that journey of 20-plus years of being celebrity makeup artist, I've been called by many, many brands, from Procter & Gamble to Dior um, to Viore to Mary Kay Cosmetics, to actually work with brands, you know, um, in a capacity where I'm doing brand development and product development, color, um, you know, helping with uh, shades for a foundation, um, and so I've done this kind of work on the other side as well, you know, for many years. Like with Mary Kay, I worked with them over seven years. Um, I, I remember that. Their entire, yeah, I did Salesforce education for their global Salesforce. Um, I developed their makeup remover, their um, brush cleanser, their brushes, and then helped them with other necessary products that they didn't have the time. You know, at Dior, they called me in to help me with, the shades range to make sure that I would that they were getting those deeper shades well as well as CoverGirl. So I've done this for so many brands, you know, that people don't know. You know, I'm getting a check for doing this type of consultation. So I decided to take that same knowledge that I poured into these major brands and poured it into my brand. 
And so that's mm-hmm. why I really love it because it's really, I'm really, it's all encompassing for me at this point. You know, I'm doing everything that I did, you know, photo shoots, you know, developing product, you know, pulling in celebrities sometimes. They work with my brand. You know, like I'm doing everything that I did, um, you know, as a makeup artist, but now for myself. So it's cool. Right. It's cool. I really love it. So I'm in the best part place right now. But I couldn't do this. You know, I, I mean, I, I know there are a lot of people who rush to make product lines and rush to get on the market because they feel they should do that. But I have 25 years plus experience, and so I feel like I've earned it, I deserve it, and and it's time, you know. And I also do believe that makeup artist-driven brands, it's their time as well because we've seen so many celebrities come in the last, you know, 10 years, right, with product lines. Yep. The makeup artist-driven brands like the Bobby Browns and the Laura Mercier's, right, that have mm-hmm. stood the test of time, they still exist. They're still here, yep. you know, and there's a reason for that, those types of brands. Or you look at Janine Lobel, who's a two, two-time brand founder, not just Stila, but Neen Beauty. You know, right. there's a reason for that because we as professional makeup artists, you know, have the skill set, have the knowledge, have the capability to actually build brands. And, you know, not taking away from those celebrity brands out there, you know, kudos to those who want to put them out there. But I definitely think if you're a celebrity and you come out with a makeup line, you should align it with your makeup artist because she's going right. to know from from professional experience, you know, how to make a brand grow and keep thriving because we know about trends because it's natural for us. It's in our, it's just a part of us, <laughs> you know, like we get that stuff. So, you know, I am, I'm falling in line, I feel like, with many of the, um, makeup-owned beauty founders that have come before us, and I think that, you know, it's time for a lot more of those to come back because I feel like yeah. the celebrity-driven brands who are not aligned with any kind of real makeup foundation, you know, they start failing. We said, Actually, I saw a recent report that said a lot of celebrity makeup brands are filing bankruptcy or a lot of celebrity brands are filing bankruptcy, you know, that are coming into the beauty space. And it's because they're doing a great disservice. You can be famous and be beautiful but somebody does your makeup, you know, and somebody does your hair, and somebody right. styles your clothes, you know, and those are the things. Like Jessica Alba, so smart, like partnering with her hair person, her makeup person, her clothing person to do honest, you know, because honestly, that's what should be done. Right. <laughs> no pun intended. Right. right. <laughs> it's true, though. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, you're right. You are so right. And so, so yeah, that, that's what do. that's what I've been up to. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I've been up to a lot. Been up to a lot. Well, you know, we can't wait ten years to to to, to catch up. So we have to do better. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it, it definitely has been a long, long time. I would love to um, give your uh, right now. I want to tell your listeners because I usually give everybody when I go on their show a discount code, but there's no need for mm-hmm. one. We have forty percent off on Ashunta Sharif Beauty right now. So if you go to www.ashuntabeauty.com, save forty percent off on any of our products site wide. You need no code. And you'll get your forty off at checkout. And this is, and we have try-on technology, so you can try on any color product or foundation product right there online and get color matched, um, and and see what the product actually looks before you buy it. So, 
yeah, we I'm I'm really proud of everything that we're doing with the line. We have a lot of fun stuff coming up. Um, we're gonna be at the She Did That Holiday Beauty Beauty Bazaar um, by Renee Blewett, um, who is the author oh, yeah. of She Did That. Yeah, she has a podcast as well. Um, and that's December 3rd in New York City. Um, you guys can check my page at Ashinta Sharif um, to see, you know, uh, the details on that and RSVP to shop because it's an all-black-owned, all-black-woman beauty bazaar. So if you're a black woman and you're in New York in the tri-state area, you want to come out and shop these brands um, and support black-owned brands. And then also I'll be at the makeup show December um, 9th and 10th. So if you're a professional makeup artist, if you're part of Local 798 um, and, you're in, and you're in New York City, come get your education on. The strike is over, guys. Come supply your kit <laughs> and, and, and come re-up and, you know, come shop all the amazing brands that are at the makeup show. But, yeah, we have some there's some fun stuff that we're we're about to do, and I'm really excited for all of the stuff ahead. Um, tell me when Renee's uh, pop-up is again. Renee's uh, pop-up is December 3rd, and hold on, let me tell you, let me, I'll tell you guys exactly where it is, because she just posted it, and I, I want to um, say it out loud, so everybody knows um, exactly the location, so she did that Holiday Beauty Bazaar, um, discover and shop Renee Blewett's curation of black women's own brands at Shell's Loft in Fort Greene, Brooklyn, on December 3rd, 2023, from 12 noon to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you can go to shedidthatholidaybk.eventbrite.com, or you can go to her page or my page on social media um, and, you know, RSVP and find out um, more details. But definitely, you guys, that's definitely something to check out. Renee's amazing. Yes. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. Um, I hope you guys come so I can see you in person. That would be amazing. Oh yeah. <laughs> no. That's why I was asking because I know when we when we go home to Maryland, I was just trying to figure out coordinate like the dates because that would be something we could just run up to New York real quick. You should. So yeah. So we'll, we'll see how that works out. We will see. This has been great. Well, I. Sorry, I'll have to confess that no, I've actually been on the side. I have to <laughs> apologize to both of you if I've been a little quiet because I've actually been on your website for the past 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you told me doing this now. It's, it's cool, right? A lot of cool stuff. So we we really have some really cool, innovative products. You know, like my thing is, is like, you know, elevating your regular makeup makeup experience. It's a liner. We have gel pen liners, we have paint liners, but they don't they're not just going to give you color, they're also going to glow under UV light. So, you know, like I think of right now like in this time, you know, in phase of life, everybody is trying to be outside on the next level. So like why not have your makeup on the next level? Like why not go to Beyonce's show, you know, to go see Renaissance and have glow-in-the-dark liner or glow-in-the-dark mascara, you know. So we have some really fun, innovative things that you can't find in other places. Um, and then we have other products that are more like staple products, like our Browsing Brow Gel, which is like a bestseller for us. It, it's amazing at locking your brows in place, gives you that laminated um, Instagram brow look, you know, like that lifted brow look, but it also – um, it's so great. It it helps to do, like, men's mustache, you know, if you want to, like, do 
um, what you call like handlebars or like groom the mustaches. Mm-hmm. And I've even used it to like tame baby hair, like in a, in a pinch. Like it's a really amazing just product to have in your kit. And then our setting spray is like another um, bestseller for us because it's not just setting your makeup, but it also keeps your skin hydrated and glowing because to me that was what my biggest problem with setting spray was over the years is that I felt like a lot of setting spray made people look dry. And so our setting spray has a lot of things in it that really still lend for the skin to come through but still lock your makeup on at the same time. So, it's you know, a lot of it is just about just elevating that product that already is out there but just putting a little spin to it and just elevating it on another level. Nice. Yeah, I'm I'm taking a look at a few things, too, I might be getting when we hang up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a good time to do it. It's 40% off. So I, I, would definitely, I would definitely suggest Thermal Blush. It's a viral product for us on TikTok. It's our color-changing blush that actually I formulated. There's there's some out there on the market, but this one was actually formulated by me. I actually had a say in the ingredients that I wanted to put in this down to the fragrance. Um, so, yes, it's a color-changing blush. It works off your body's pH chemistry. It works universally for all skin tones, all complexions, and it literally is going to change to be your perfect blush color. Um, I love it alone. You know, like I use it as a nice natural blush, or sometimes I use it in conjunction with something else. You know, like it could be like a, just a nice um, template to, like, Put layer a layering tool, so to speak, but it really is great for like oh, natural yeah. makeup. If you work in if you work in TV and film, you have to do those flush makeup looks, or if you have to make someone look cold really fast, like it work. It has a place where it works even from the effect side, because we used a lot of it um, for Good Burger for our freezing cold moments. You know, we had to do like make people really rosy. It works amazing. So it's just a good product. Like I think that a Century Beauty kind of runs between being a pro makeup line um, and mm-hmm. and between being, like, beauty enthusiasts, but also to mm-hmm. someone who's just new to, new to makeup and wants something fun, you know, wants something different. So it kind of runs the gamut to me. Nice. 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 And give the website one more time. Our website is Ashunta com. So www.ashunta, A-S-H-U-N-T-A, Beauty, B-A-U-T-Y dot com. All right. So y'all know where to go. 40% off. How long does the 40% off last? We're doing the 40% off through Black Friday, so people can save all the way up through um, midnight on Black Friday Eastern Standard Time. Nice. I and I well, wanted to do this, gonna... I wanted to do the sale longer too because you know a lot of us have been in the strike and not working. So for me, I just really wanted to make sure that my you know artists out here who are in the union who try to re up before they go back to work or you know get prepared, get their kids prepared, like that the sale would be longer. And we're going to keep doing sales like that through the end of the year because of that. You know, we're going to actually start doing some giveaways too. We did a huge giveaway at Manhattan Wardrobe Supply. Probably gave away probably like five hundred dollars worth of product, you know, to people. So you know, mm-hmm. we're just trying to really, you know, give back to the artist community too, because that's how you know that's who supports you first is your fellow makeup artist. That's right. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Well, we thank you so much. This has been amazing. Um, 
it's just been great. Um, we're going to do it again real soon. It's not going to be 10 years or 20 years, <laughs> but we're <laughs> It'll be a lot so we'll sooner get, than we'll that. Get a lot sooner than that. And and kudos to you guys for it. Look at how long you've been doing your show. That's amazing. Oh, my gosh. Yes. It's been a long, long how time. How long has it been? It's been 15 years. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Well, congrats to you guys. I hope you guys do a party. That's a big thing. You Thank need to do, like, so some kind of celebration. Yeah, you're right. we we got to start putting that together. Um yeah, and we have, you know, Anita, Anita Gibson keeps, keeps telling us that, you know, we need to do a visual um, part to this. You know, she's like, even if you don't want to do it all the time, just every once in a while. So I was saying to her, I was like, well, you know, a long time ago we did, but we were talking about how back then, how, you know, you, you know, it was hard to find editors, hard to find a good camera person. And when you did find them, they were really, really expensive. Now, today, everybody edits, everybody, can, you know, work the camera. It's like they have so many options now. Like before, yeah. because there weren't that many options, the price was really high, you know. Right, so right. Said, after we did one full season, we were like done. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's everything expensive. We had. And and a lot yeah. of people do their own editing and filming at this point. You know, that's another yeah, option. It's just time-consuming. It's time-consuming, but exactly. a lot of people, you know, especially the influencers, are you kidding me? They film all their own stuff and content, everything, you know. So, exactly. You know, so, you know, that that's an option, too. And you can do it, like she said, sometimes, but – you guys have done this a long time. You definitely need to have some kind of you, – you should have some kind of celebration for Beauty Talk. Think about it in 2024 and invite all the people you've ever had on the show. You should do it. Like, it, it would be nice. You guys deserve to all celebrate right. that. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. we got to okay. figure it out, but we're going to do it. All right. Well, I'm, I'm going to be waiting for my invitation. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right, girl. It's all been right, wonderful. I'm so, so glad to talk to you guys. All right, take care. Yes. Have a great holiday. Thank you for okay. having me. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Bye good guys. night. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Good night. <laughs> Thank you so much to Ashanta Sharif Kendricks uh, for joining us tonight. Great show, great catching up with her. Um, <clears throat> it's been a long time. She and I have actually also worked together on a project in New York. Um forgot to mention that on the show tonight, but... It's been a long time, and she's always been um, a makeup artist that I always really liked, really sweet person. So I'm glad we were able to get her on the show again tonight. So thank you guys who tuned in tonight. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you to all of you who will listen on the playback. Um, make sure you go out to AshantaBeauty.com. Get your 40% off. Wow. Um, I think she said, what, until the end of the week or until after Black Friday, I believe. So make yeah. sure you go out there while you still have time. Pick up some products at 40% off. That's a great a great deal. Um, and we will be back, um, I think. I think we are off next Sunday because of the holiday weekend. So we'll be back on uh, yeah. December 3rd. The first yep. Sunday in December. Were you going to say something? 
No, I was saying, yeah, that was that was right, um, December 3rd. Yeah, so we'll be back December 3rd. We'll post who our guest is on that night. I don't know off the top of my head right now, but uh, we'll put a post out, of course. But, again, thank you guys for tuning in tonight, and have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Have a beautiful and blessed week. Good night, everybody. Good night.